Oscar Combs here, and I want to put one rumor to rest, once and for all. The story is that Rafferty's goes all out for sports fans. And let me tell you, it's absolutely true. Confirmed. And fans love Rafferty's right back because the food is so terrific. Serve fresh, serve fast, serve friendly, lunch or dinner. Rafferty's menu is jam-packed with all your favorites. Steaks, prime rib, chicken, ribs, delicious dishes and generous sizes that really satisfy the appetite. So come hang with the sports crowd at Rafferty's. It's the tastiest place in town. Welcome to Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's. Episode 37 will wrap up our three-part series with Rob Bromley, formerly of WKYT in Lexington. Rob spent 40 years in Lexington covering the Cats and has some fond memories of the games that he has covered and some of the players as well. Oscar talks with Rob about a few special games and events that played a part in his career, including a dangerous situation that unfolded at the 2008 SEC Tournament. Rob will reflect on some of the Wildcats both on the court and on the field, including James Lee, Rex Chapman, Derek Anderson, Art Still, Randall Cobb, and the late Joey Couch. It has indeed been a legendary career for Rob Romley, and he's been there for some of the biggest moments in Kentucky football and basketball history. Rob was fortunate enough to witness those moments, and we were fortunate enough to have Rob deliver those moments. I'm Bo Robinson, and thank you for listening to the latest episode of Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's, and his guest, Rob Romley. Over your 40 years at Kentucky, 77, 17, what sticks out in your mind? What one event that you've covered sort of sticks out as like, that was the one? Well, you know, there, it's hard to put your finger on on any one thing, Oscar. Um, I would I would say, you know, as as far as most bizarre would be the the the, the whole tornado thing at the at the Georgia Dome. It was just, a, it was a bizarre night. How could you ever even write a book that you would come away with that type of scenario? That that stands out really, and it was it was like something that happened. It wasn't the the outcome of a of a game or anything, but uh, never could have imagined uh, what took place that night, and then the aftermath of it, and playing the thing over Georgia Tech, and just the way it all the way it all un the way it all unraveled. Uh, it was just uh, the people hard. that may not remember that event, SEC tournament. Right. Uh, the thing that sticks out in my mind most about that is how I think it was an Alabama player that hit a shot to send it in overtime. Yeah, and I may there. have saved a lot of people's <laughs> life because yeah. had it not went into overtime, yeah. those people would have been on the streets. Yeah, you know, I had been in the Georgia Dome since uh, probably late in the afternoon uh, before it got dark. I had no idea what the weather conditions were like outside. And I remember when that shot went in, I thought, oh, my goodness, we're going to go to overtime, and Kentucky's game isn't going to start till after 10 o'clock. This thing is just going to go on and on and on. But you're right. That, that, that did uh, probably because there would have been a lot of people outside. Um, I was in the third row. There were three press rows. I was right at the end. 
I remember what it sounded like. It, it sounded like a train getting louder. And that's what it sounded like to me, louder and louder and louder. And I look back over my left shoulder to really the, the farthest corner of the Georgia Dome, and I saw some debris falling. That's, that's what I remember from it. I don't, I don't remember any bolts or any. I remember some things swaying a little bit. I remember looking at the crowd just stoically, but nobody panicked. Now, when the players ran off the court, I had a sinking feeling, and they ran off the court fast, Alabama and Mississippi State. They, whew, they were gone. That gave me a sinking feeling. But I thought to myself, if the lights fail, and suddenly it's, that's when you have, that's when you have panic. I remember looking at the crowd. Nobody, nobody ran. They, they remain calm. And if, 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 if the power had failed, if the lights had gone out, then you'll have panic. When you have darkness, you combine darkness with noise. You combine darkness with smoke. You've got panic. You combine darkness with yes. anything. Yes, yes. So, and I said to myself, now, if that happens, I, I think I can make my way around this corner here. I'm just going to get out on this floor and not get into the get trampled or anything or get, you know, where people where people might fall down and a situation like that. What should have entered my mind? I guess I wasn't smart enough. The possibility of that roof collapsing, collapsing to a point. But to be quite honest about it, that never, that didn't enter my mind. And then it had passed. And I'll always remember the guy coming on the PA. Uh, he was very reassuring. The guy who came on the PA, he said, ladies and gentlemen, some severe weather has moved through the Atlanta area. Just remain in your seats. And I think he said, don't, maybe don't go outdoors and we'll restart. We'll restart the game as quickly as we possibly can. Something like that. I thought that was very reassuring. Of course, the game never restarted. <laughs> uh, we never got to bed till four, maybe, I don't know, maybe not even four o'clock in the morning. And this was during the Billy Clyde era. Yes. The games move over to the Georgia Tech campus. Yes. You end up having yeah. a bad ending to that game. Yeah, it lost it right at right at the end. Um and by the same token, though, how strange something like that can lead to mm-hmm. is Mr. Felton, George's coach, was a goner. And he was safe. And he saved himself yeah. with, what was it, four games in three days yeah. or something like that? He got all the way to the final. Yes. I can't well, he, remember. He won it. Won it. He won it. Because that got yeah. him into the tournament and got him a new contract. Right. That's right. He did yeah. get into the tournament and managed to keep going. I don't know how many years after that. But I think a uh, couple. Yeah, but that's. I mean, that was. I mean, there've been and there've been a lot of games. You ask about uh, as far as basketball, as far as games. Uh, uh, there there've been so many of them. It's hard to put your your finger on any one. But that would be, that would be Oscar the one event. It was just absolutely a bizarre night that. In my whole career, got got to got to bring this one up to the Billy Clyde's last home game okay. is also a trivia question. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> For the last game 
played by the University of Kentucky in Memorial Coliseum. Oh, that's NIT, right. NIT game UNLV. against UNLV. Yes. Okay. Yes. And yeah. That may have been the only game you seen UK play in Memorial Coliseum. Well, that's a that's interesting that you would bring that up because I I saw that game. I saw the the exhibition game that Joe's team played with the Russians. Yes. Prior to the 77-78 season. Yes, and the Russians had the coach Alexander Alexander Gomeski. Yeah. Who Joe was uh, friends with, mm-hmm. had a good acquaintance. Was he acquainted did, he, with. He, yes, he he ran the Olympic team for years over there yeah. in Russia, and he also ended up uh, defecting to the United States and lived the rest of his life here back in the nineties. Is that right? Yeah, I, in Chicago. I, I did not realize that, but I did. I saw that game, and then there was the the UNLV game, and it seems like when CM was here as AD that they that he had a game in the Coliseum. But I really I can't remember. But yeah, that was an NIT game, and uh, I can't. I think the attendance was pretty good. It was packed. Well, it was. But yes. now it was it was a smaller attendance. Right. Yeah. But it was packed. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, talk about it. That that Perry would be Stevenson's dunk yeah. that night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> I remember that. And it was uh, that was the most bizarre tournament trail from that game at the Coliseum to Omaha, Nebraska, to be a good Creighton team. Yes, and to Notre Dame, to to South Bend, Indiana. What a what a what a three stops that was. That was the most bizarre tournament trail. The question for the ages: <laughs> Had Kentucky beaten Notre Dame? Went on to New wow. York. That's right. One of those two, mm. would the plug still been pulled? You know, I, I think it would have. I I would say I tend I believe that it would have. I mean, I know that they were out there in Omaha ready to to pull the plug that night. Yeah, uh, it, it was all set to be done, and it didn't happen out there. And then it did happen and stuff. I believe, Oscar, that it would have. In spite of everything that was going on, particularly that last year, after 20 games in the regular season, Kentucky was 16-4. and four. But it certainly didn't feel that way. Right. Right. No, it didn't feel that way at all. Didn't feel that way at all. Most exciting game, both football and basketball. Uh, that I broadcast. Well, as far as basketball that I broadcast, it would have to be the the, the final four game that I did for Turner Sports. It was uh, uh, to be asked to do it in that environment, the magnitude of that game, and the way both teams played that night, Oscar, in, at AT&T Stadium. That, that definitely goes down as, as basketball. Um, and uh, as far as football, you know, it's got to be the Alabama game that I did with Derek Ramsey, the game when Hal Mummy was coaching, when uh, they won at Commonwealth Stadium. It has to be the Alabama game. Only the second win over Alabama, I think, in I don't know how many years at that time. Tell me what you remember about some of these players that you've covered over the year. Let's go back to your first couple years here, uh, the 77 team, the 78 basketball team. James Lee, what do you remember most about him? Never forget the final play of the, the championship game. 
the way he went in there and Kaywood's call on it, uh, you know, goes in for the dunk and Kentucky wins it to win the national championship. And, uh, you know, hard-nosed player and a fantastic person. Uh, Jack Gibbons. Oh, gosh, just so smooth, so smooth. And one of the guys, Oscar, that I covered and then was so happy to work with just a few years later. There there have been a number of those, more of them, I guess, in football than basketball. But uh, And just a great friend today. And, you're, you know, you talk about um, James and Jack, two hometown guys. And Early all... on in the integration part, in many respects. I mean, the yeah. first are... decade of African-Americans playing in the SEC. Still early on, because you're looking at those two players coming in here right in the mid-70s, 74, 75. So, uh, you know, they were they were trailblazers uh, so much uh, in a way. Uh, Melvin Turpin. Oh, gosh. I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget, Oscar, uh, late that afternoon and, and uh, getting the word that uh, uh, the coroner had been called to his residence. And then... Uh, you know, we, we scrambled. I'll tell you, it was already 5 o'clock or so and uh, wanted me to go on the set and kind of do a bulletin, I guess. And then, you know, we got the two sports casts. But we found some footage uh, pretty quickly. But then just, uh, I mean, I just went on and ad-libbed about him and uh, just recalled uh, his days because he was at Bryan Station when I came here. Bobby Barlow was his coach. Um, I remember being in the office out there at Bryan Station to, to talk to, Bar- to Bobby. Uh, this was before they went into the district and uh, talked about Melvin. There was a recruit, uh, not a recruit, but a coach recruiting re- re- from Florida there who had come into the office who was recruiting him. I think he was on John Lotz's staff at that time. But it, you know, Melvin went right back to the, the first the first year I was here, and you know, the year that he, uh, that he, the year that he spent in military school, and it was a, just such a fantastic thing. He was so proud to wear that military yes. uniform yes, during the Christmas break. Yeah, it was a fa- and it was a fantastic thing for uh, Kentucky to to take to take him and to make him a part of it because today he, I don't he would not be able to to get in. Uh, I don't believe so. It was it was a, an, a such a wonderful kid. Wonderful That's what kid. I always remember yeah. that. Eh? Yeah. I always just had such a smile, smile, and a happy-go-lucky attitude. He did. He did. Had a happy-go-lucky attitude, and uh, was was such an outstanding offensive player. Uh, unbelievable game at Tennessee. Yes. Yeah. Uh, had an unbelievable game at Tennessee and had an unbelievable game, pretty good game in the SEC tournament that I remember in uh, Nashville. Uh, my memory kind of escapes me on that one, but I was, I was thinking it might have been in in Nashville uh, against Auburn. That was 84. Uh, that was, that yeah. was the year that they, yeah. Kenny hit the uh, yeah, right, hit shot, the shot that bounced it. That five won the, times beyond the homework. That won the that won the championship yeah. game. I think Melvin, but Melvin had a you know a great game uh, down there. Uh, but uh, fan, uh, like you said, Oscar, I always remember that smile and uh, the attitude that he had. I never saw him upset. 
Never saw him upset. I remember one game. I can't remember. It was on the road. It wasn't at home. I remember that. And during a timeout, mm. Joe was just ripping him, <laughs> ripping him. And the whole time, Melvin just sitting there, not saying we're just smiling. Yeah. And when Joe got done, Melvin took around and took his hand, just patted him on the butt, said, "Don't worry, Coach. We'll take care of it." <laughs> Joe's facial yeah. expression was priceless. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder how Coach Rupp would have reacted to that. <laughs> good, good, good point. Rex Chapman. Oh, what a leaper and what a player. And the thing about Rex is I'll never forget the day he made the announcement. I wasn't there. I wasn't in Owensboro, but I very much remember the uh, the tape of it. And when he said, when he picked Kentucky over over Louisville and the, the cheer and then the, the expression on his face uh, the re, the, the, to the reaction that he got, I'll always remember that. But I'll always remember uh, – Always remember the game in the Coliseum when he was still playing for Apollo and they played Henry Clay and he won that game. That was the way he was. He won that game with a last-second shot. And Sean Sutton also playing in the game for Henry Clay. We televised the game. Uh, and then, you know, the games that, uh, oh, gosh, you know, the three-pointer coming in and uh, beating, beating Ole Miss um, the last weekend of the, the season on Saturday before they beat Oklahoma the next day. Always remember that game. There were, there were a lot of them. They had a big did, game against Loyal, too. Yeah. I'll never forget after, you know, after Eddie, you know, after the, the little brother, that whole, the big brother, little little brother yeah. thing, and then to go over there and uh, – <laughs> You know that was that was certainly one of the one of the one of the highlights uh, to in a in a game that that meant that much to shoot the ball the way he did uh, against the Cardinals it was a memorable memorable day. A guy who literally changed the entire direction of Kentucky basketball a few years later, coming from the most unlikely places, Jabal Mashburn. Yeah, and uh, you know the other thing is as good a guy, as good a guy off the court as he was on the court, uh, just dominating. And uh, yeah, one of the best to ever play here. You know, I guess you know you'd say either him or Anthony Davis. It's, it's I've never really gotten myself backed into that corner, Oscar, as to who. Well, was we there. were going to do that <laughs> before we get away today. <laughs> but uh, you, you reminded know. me. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, to make the decision to come all the way out here, out of New York City. But I guess he could see the, you know, the vision of, of what it could be. And, you know, I mean, if he – it would have been turned around eventually, but, but you know as well as I do if, if he – Wouldn't have been that quickly. Right. If, if he didn't come, uh, it, just, it just wouldn't have happened as fast as it did. And then, you know, you get him out there with uh, Travis and – uh, boy, it was. Uh, yeah, the, the, after that, the recruiting kind of, uh, kind of, yeah, yeah, it really kind of cascaded, and players were that they just started coming in, they just started coming in. He turned out to be a tremendous business person. Yeah, done quite well post NBA. Really has. Uh, unfortunate, you know, the injuries that, that that he had, and that 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 the playing career didn't pan out. But uh, it's great to always see him. Every now and then, and uh, he has, uh, as, uh, he, he has, he's in a tremendous guy, as good off the court as he was on the court. Derek Anderson. 
Uh, another guy, tremendous, uh, tremendous individual, and uh, I guess we'll never maybe know the whole the whole story <laughs> about uh, being out there on the West Coast. And we keep the, hearing different versions of it almost monthly in the Bay Area, and uh, you know what? Uh, if he had played, would it have turned out differently there in 1997? But just uh, in incredible, incredible talent. Uh, and a smart guy, um, fantastic personality. Probably n- no player uh, has had the personality that DA that DA has. But we'll always wonder. I'll never forget uh, the finishing up a practice out there in at uh, San Francisco University of San Francisco, small small gym where the Dons played their games, and him just being uh, in a full sweat, flying up and down the court, but. You know as well as I do, he did not. He did not end up playing in that NCAA tournament. Be the answer to uh, the ultimate NCAA Final Four trivia question: <laughs> the only player in history who scored in a game he never played a second in. Is that yeah? No. He shot the technical free throws, oh. but no time went off the clock. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that is a great trivia question. <laughs> Keith Bogans. Uh, I'll remember Keith as just being tough. I thought he was a very tough, hard-nosed player, and uh, kept his kept his head up. And um, whether a shot was was falling or not, and there were there were there were nights when his his shot wasn't going, but uh, he he just kept on going. I always admired him for his for his toughness on the court. And there were. There were some shots that could have gone in there right at the end, Oscar. That I remember one against Michigan State that just wouldn't go right at the end. But uh, I always admired Keith, and good to see him come back here a few years ago and, and be honored at Rupp Arena. Darius Miller. Oh, great uh, high school talent who uh, went came to Kentucky and uh, you know had to make it through the Gillespie. Uh, transition there, but uh, has gone on to to be a uh, to have a professional career and has just kept after it and uh, has kept after it and has uh, proven you know that that uh, he can play at the highest level. I admire him. Let's switch over to football and your first year here, nineteen seventy seven. Derek Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, and happy to have you know the relationship with Derek that I do today, and uh, of course I'm working uh, uh, in the administration of Governor Bevan. But uh, you know, Oscar, that I'll never forget the the first football game I ever I ever saw here, the North Carolina game. I wasn't here for the bowl game, and then they opened the '77 season against North Carolina, and I I was standing up on the photo deck. Uh, down at the end, and I said to him when they punted with about well, maybe a little under five minutes to go, I said they're beat behind seven to three, and that kid from North Carolina fumbles a punt, and then Derek Ramsey leads Kentucky down the field in a pressure-packed situation. He converted twice on fourth down. Uh, I remember the play that he scrambled to the near side of the field going towards Nicholasville Road. He scrambled towards the press box side to get a first down. 
and then down at the goal line, uh, I, I think it was fourth and goal. And he took it over there to, to win the game, 10-7. And, uh, you know, he could stretch out and get it across that goal line. But uh, If you needed less than two yards, you didn't hand it off. But uh, He just followed his blockers. Gosh, you know, went on to play, I think, eight years. Uh, what an athlete, played tight end with Oakland and with Great Lincoln. team. Yes, yeah. Oh, that team the senior year was uh, to win the to win the ten games and to go through. They were really beaten up down near near the end of the season. There, that was my first first football season. I saw here they 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 won ten, and then to go on and work with Derek all the years. He, I don't know how many years we worked together doing the football games, but gosh, I, I sure enjoyed it. Sure enjoyed it. Art Steele. Yeah. Well, Art was, uh, you know, the other. <laughs> he took care of the other side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that great player on offense uh, in Derek and that great player on defense in Art. And I didn't I didn't know Art as well. Wouldn't, uh, Art, he thinks that players say TV people don't usually come around that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it's probably, it's probably a good point. You know, you look at all the guys – all the guys. It's always the running backs, the quarterbacks, the receivers. Yeah. You look at all the people who are doing games uh, on the color side, whether it's whether it's college or pro. I mean, just just look at who they are. But uh, I'll always remember Art and uh, you know the game in Baton Rouge. Um, the the little kicker trying to chase him down yes, on the block after he blocked field goal. Blocked. It was a field goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Blocked the field goal, and uh, you know I remember. Uh, you know, uh, you know the game in Athens, and uh, but he was just a, just an absolute pillar on defense. Uh, that's the first NFL draft that I can recall. He was the number two pick, and I remember how excited he was uh, that day. Uh, of course, the the draft wasn't the hype anywhere near what it was today, but. Uh, I wonder if he ever made it to London to see Prince Charles. <laughs> do you remember the halftime or yes, the pregame on that? Yes, Yeah. said, if you're yeah. ever in London, look me up. He said, I get down there quite a bit. <laughs> Didn't know he was talking about London, England. <laughs> and I, I know Prince Charles. And, you know, I'd never seen anything quite the size of ours still. With that. Yeah, he said, you're bigger. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, bigger than the soccer players. Yes, absolutely. And that was – that was a that was a beautiful October day down there, Oscar thirty three nothing when Kentucky beat Georgia and uh, I was sitting next to the great Furman Bisher. Yeah. And I'm I'm young. I'm thirty two years old. And uh, I was yeah, I was he, thirty. He turned to me and he says, Son, he said, I've seen a lot of Georgia football. This was at halftime. Mm-hmm. And I think the score is like fourteen to nothing or something. Mm-hmm. He said, "But Georgia's never gotten their tail kicked right. like they have today." Well, you know, you look at it, Oscar, and you, and you look at all the seasons that 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 was that might have been the the worst that, that Vince Dooley yes. ever got, ever was beat. Yes, especially at home. And I remember in the waning moments of that game. Walking, I, you know, I left the press box, went down on the field. I was walking behind the Georgia bench, and there wasn't anything hard that was thrown. But I remember, you know, some oranges being thrown at the Georgia bench by their fans. <laughs> it missed me. But what getting I, beat that way by Kentucky? Yeah. At home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And then, of course, Georgia, uh, after that, you know, Georgia really responded. Herschel Walker came yeah. in national championship uh, a few years later. But it was, uh, I mean, it was, it was uh, stunning. Afternoon from the first year that uh, I'll never forget. George Adams. Oh, outstanding player and went on to play, you know, in the, in the NFL. And, you know, uh, local, local guy. So, you know, remember that, that high school career. And, uh, you know, there have been, you know, there was uh, back in, in those days, there were some good ones who came out of Lexington. Um, I'll give you another one. Yeah. Dermani Dawson. Dermani. And I worked with him one season on the games, you know, to – Amazing, uh, go down as Hall of Famer, um, one of the best centers in the history of the NFL. I mean, it's absolutely great guy, incredible great guy. And then you know another one, and maybe this is the next one you're going to bring up, Mark Logan. Yes. Yeah, you know, uh, but to watch their high school careers and then go on and see to go and on to see them play. Uh, at Commonwealth Stadium, Commonwealth Stadium at the time, and then go on to the pros. Uh, I, I witnessed a lot right there, just in just in those three names. You know, you witness uh, so much, and you know there's a lot more to come. The Kentucky combo of Tim Couch and Craig East. Oh, that was in that was incredible, and um, you know it uh, it all came together and you know you got to give you got to give hell mummy a lot of a lot of credit for coming in here and orchestrating the air raid uh, uh, and just putting it all together but uh, boy Tim uh, the way he the way he could throw the football and uh, I know mummy thought his receivers were were a little small when he came in here but you know they were they weren't tall enough they weren't big enough targets but I think he found out you know with the guys that he had like with with Craig East that uh, they were they were they were big enough it was going to work we'll continue with the quarterback line coming through Jerry de Lorenzen yeah man <laughs> Jared <laughs> what a you know <laughs> It's it's just hard to believe that that somebody you know that big could could play quarterback. I mean, it's it's just remarkable. Uh, and then went on to you know to hold down a spot on an NFL roster for how many years? Three years? Yeah, uh, yeah I think it's three seasons with with the Giants. Uh, tremendous talent. Tremendous. A lot talent. like Melvin Turpin, if the two yeah. of them had been able to control their weight. <laughs> Well, I hope they'd have been around forever. <laughs> yeah, I haven't kept up with Jared as to what his the latest on his uh, what he tips the scale at. But uh, yeah, Andre Woodson. You know, he made it happen uh, for Rich Brooks. Somebody, somebody at quarterback was going to have to to make it happen, and uh, and he did. And the thing about him is he. He improved so much. I mean, when he first when he first played, I, I mean, I had my questions. I mean, I, but Oscar, he just uh, he came on, and he improved uh, so much. Uh, 
I know the the outcome of the draft had to hurt him, and uh, you know that the, the, the NFL uh, didn't 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 think it it would it would go. But uh, well, he he meant a lot to to Rich Brooks, and Rich Brooks wouldn't have been able to do what he did without him. Randall Cobb. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now you talk about you know the greatest to ever play here. Uh, just a fantastic talent. Uh, Everybody in Kentucky has got to be very, 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 very thankful that Tennessee. Phil, Fulmer, Phil Fulmer didn't <laughs> think he could play quarterback. Tennessee couldn't see it. Yeah. But it was there. And uh, just an amazing, uh, you know, I, I, you know. And for that matter, much. Randy Sanders. Yeah. Because yeah. he believed in him early. Yeah. He said, you come to Kentucky, you'll have to prove you can't play quarterback. <laughs> Well, I tell you, he could he could do it all, and it's it's been fa- and just a fantastic person too, as so many of these guys have been. And he's meant, you know, I know he's meant a lot to the Packers, but uh, yeah, there were people, and it's good that you mentioned Randy Sanders, who just you know has a head coaching job now at uh, East Tennessee, East Tennessee State, and uh, you know, you wonder when one will come along like him. Or if you ever will see a talent like that on the field, because it was uh, it was it was very 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 special. Anybody else sticks out in your memory that's sort of touched you in a special way as far as players? Well, I think Sam always will. Sam Bowie um, always admire Sam because he missed the two seasons and all that he went through. The unknown, uh, at the age that he was, and gosh, I was still pretty young at the time. Uh, it was 1979. I'd been here a couple of years when Sam came in here. I always admire Sam and uh, uh, missing the two years, and then coming back the way that he did, and then going on and having further problems with injuries, and uh, you know, to you know. Have the Michael Jordan thing hung around your neck the way he did, but uh, always, always admire uh, Sam Bowie. You know, football side, uh, you know, the plays and the things that you remember. Uh, going back to that '77 season, um, I'll remember. I always remember Dallas Owens because he was a local, a local guy, and intercepting the pass at Penn State and turning that game. Because that was the game. The game at Penn State was kind of the game that turned the season. Uh, they lost early that yeah the year and to Baylor and uh, but uh, you know that Penn State team that they beat that that might have been a national championship team, Oscar. Really, really, really awesome team. Yeah, Joe Paterno might have had a national championship team, but Kentucky beat them that day up there at. Uh, at State College and uh, Dallas Owens interception and that pick six was was the play that turned that game around after Kentucky had fallen behind ten nothing, but you know there are so many. I know we're leaving somebody out, we're leaving people out uh, along the way, but there've been there've just been so many names. Forty years, a lot of mm-hmm. coming, a lot of go, but eventually, as time goes through, we lose some great ones, and just recently. Here we lost Joey Couch. Yeah, boy, oh, that was uh, and uh, yeah, he died too young, you know. As as uh, 
Dallas did a few years ago. But so many great athletes have come out of Paintsville, Kentucky, and he was one of them. He had a great spirit, hard-nosed player. You know, I always remember that that goal line stand there early in the season against Indiana. That was the '88 or the '89 season. pressure-packed game right at the beginning of the year that they really needed, but uh, Joey had a lot of heart, and we, we sure lost him too young. I was I was sad, very saddened to, to see that when I, when I broke 